You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a podcast all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely, amazing friends. This is episode number 53, and I am feeling pumped. But before we get into the episode, I just want to say that if you have not already liked and subscribed to the podcast, I would really appreciate it. This helps other people discover the podcast. It helps with SEO, all of these things. Uh, You can also share the podcast. That will also help others discover. Um, But just going to throw that out there. Um, Also, I am currently working on a few new holiday recipes just in time for Thanksgiving. Um, I will be working on those this weekend and we'll have them posted on the refinedhippie.com next week, sometime next week. So we're just going to hop right in to today's episode, which was so much fun to record. It's with Eliza Gelman of Eliza G Wellness. Eliza also has a podcast of her own called Hotter Than Health. So make sure to check that out. I met Eliza through the fitness club that I was going to when I lived in Charleston. And she and I just kind of started following each other on Instagram. And I thought she would be a great guest. She is also plant-based or plant-dominant and encourages that. She's also interested in digestion and gut health, which naturally I am as well. So it was a really great conversation. We chat about her transition from primarily the fitness world to the nutrition world, which of course she's doing both, but we discussed that. We talk about working out for your cycle, how that can impact where you're holding weight, where you're losing weight. We talk about hormones, working out at home. We also get into the life-changing event that shifted her mind and focus more on nutrition and what we are putting in our bodies and how it impacts our lives. We also talk a little bit about the medical world, big pharma, supplements, protein supplements, the drama surrounding the F factor. We also, of course, get into her story, her origin story, why she became plant-based, challenges that she went through, limiting beliefs, macros, censorship, and the C word, also known as the virus that's happening. But I'm sick of actually saying the word, so I'm just going to call it the C word. (laughs) Anyways, it's an excellent episode. So without further ado, here is my interview with the lovely Eliza Gelman. Hey, Eliza. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> I'm sad we, we've been working on uh, getting this recorded and we were going to do video because it's more fun, but now we're not. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah. This is just the nature of technology. Um, so how's life going? Life is good. Life is good. Brand new ventures happening. Um, I know. Lot, lots going on. And in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst <laughs> of the change of seasons, right. I feel like I feel like I've 
been going through this super shift. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people have Mm -hmm. and really uncovering a lot of things that they find um, that they're really passionate about. And I feel like this is like kind of the time in, in the year where people are like, okay, um, time to take a a leap of faith too. I mean, this changing of seasons is perfect for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people do detoxes. I mean, it's, it's like the perfect time to do major changes. So, um, yeah, it's like the energy right now though, in general has been like overwhelming, you know, I'm yeah. just like feeling it from the collective. <laughs> I Absolutely. And it's almost Halloween and it's almost a full moon and those things are happening simultaneously. And the energy, like you said, the energy is like, there's something tangible about it. And I'm not yeah. as spiritual as I might sound, but I just, <laughs> I feel something. I know. I know. Well, you're in tune to your body. And I feel like when you're, you don't have to be spiritual or, or believe in all the, you know, um, I don't know, moons and changes and uh-huh. Saturn rising and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I love hearing about that stuff. I just have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> um, exactly. I'm like, give me all the woo woo, but don't expect me to know. But don't yeah, expect me to understand. Yeah. Don't expect me to understand what you're talking about. But I mean, like um, <laughs> Mercury retrograde and stuff like, but I, and I do feel it when that happens. Although I don't really understand what they mean, but um that's something yeah. I'd love yeah. to learn more about one day. <laughs> so wait, is the yeah, full so moon going to be on Halloween? Apparently. Oh, apparently. Wow. That's, what, that's what someone said. So Well, it makes uh, sense actually because when I looked at I mean, it looks – it's getting close to being full right yeah. now. So. What is it, a waning gibbous right now? Oh, it's going to be wild. I mean, the animal – you know, like whenever there's a full moon in general, people go crazy, animals go crazy. Yeah. Oh, I know all the bats will be flying during the daytime. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's nuts. Um, okay, oh, dope. By, by the way, it does say my internet is unstable, even though I'm on a hot spot. So just be aware that I'm aware. Oh my gosh. Freaking but here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good that we're not doing the video because it just pulls. I mean, it's like I said, it's not as fun to like not see you, <laughs> but that, we'll, do, uh, we'll be good. We'll be yeah, fine. We'll be fine. So let's just jump right in. So I know, uh, a little bit about your background and I know, I feel like I know about what you're passionate about now, but like, how did you, I know you kind of started in the fitness world, right? Like, and mm-hmm. now it's kind of morphed more into like nutrition and plant-based. Um, but so let's start from the beginning. Like, how did you get into fitness? So I've always been active and I've always been into moving my body, but not as much in a competitive way. And I know that that sounds, Hmm. um, you know, a lot of people started out playing sports, but I was always, you know, my sister was always so good at running and placing nationally and all these things. And she was just incredible. So I guess I was trying to just keep up and (laughs) it ended up, it ended up just me being, you know, I looked really athletic, but she always had this like relentless mindset. So uh-huh. I always learned from her, but I feel like I'm, um, just in the past couple of years, even though I've been in the fitness industry for like six, seven years, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but to me it's a lot. Um, so I've been in the industry for about six or seven years. I, was in college and I broke my back in a car accident what? and I, 
but yeah, it sucked. Oh my but, um, it could have been so much worse and yeah. I'm super, super thankful that it wasn't, but I had ended up fracturing a couple of vertebrae and, um, having like a soda can spine for a while they, where it like crushed everything in. So I still do a lot of lengthening and, um, hanging basically but so that happened to me and I just remember I was like strapped into this gurney and like my head brace and they wouldn't let me off and they told me I could move and all these things and they looked at me and he the doctor said we think you'll be able to walk again and I was like excuse me and I got I I more so got offended and I was like oh fuck no so I figured it out and I I did so much PT I um went home from college for did all my PT and it just really lit a fire under me that I was like, I don't want anyone to feel this way. And I didn't realize how much I took for granted how to properly move my body. And so, um, Mm. when I got back to college, I just went in with this like relentless passion of studying for my PT, telling all my friends, I was like, I'm going to do it. It's like, I immediately changed my identity. Like I had always been the healthy friend quote unquote, where people were like, oh, what are you going to order? Vegetables? And I was like, okay, it makes me a villain. But either way, so I was always <laughs> the person um, who like, I always enjoyed ordering the healthy things. And I just told people, I was like, it makes me feel better. Yeah. And he- healthy then is different from healthy now for me. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. but either way, so I went in and I started studying to be a PT. I started doing a lot of like little boot camps in college for people. And then when I graduated, moved to Arizona, had a full-time job, but was doing personal training and nutrition planning for people on the side. But that was really just like making healthy recipes and macros and things like that, that weren't as, um, weren't as sustainable. It was more just, it was all I knew in the fitness industry. And I think it's just evolved. Um, and then my mom got very sick and I just remember also seeing the, you know, she was on a feeding tube and I remember I would be Mm. the one to put the food into the feeding tube for a while. And, um, I just remember looking at the ingredients and I would like take the can. I actually have never talked about this on a podcast before, but, um, I remember I would take her can. She had like a very, um, she had a terminal type of thyroid cancer. She had anaplastic thyroid cancer. And so she was, it was like nearing the end and I knew it was getting there, but feeding her what I looked at it, I, I couldn't pronounce Mm. one of these words. And they were like, yeah, you're getting all your carbs and your, um, your protein and your fats. And, and to me, Mm. when you're in that panic and you're in this like state of just get her nourished or get her, um, get her some calories. So she's not withering away. You do whatever you can in panic mode. And in that fight or flight mode, I wish that I had taken a deep breath and just been like, I mean, I don't know what I would, it's hard to, I don't want to look back and think what would I would have done differently, but I do look forward and think what I could positively impact others by doing. But I would just remember reading the labels, going into the bathroom and sobbing, looking at this and thinking like, I am such a phony. What am I doing? I just want to help people, but I can't even help the most important person for me. So I think that that really lit this fire where I was like, I just want people to learn. I want people to understand. I want people to feel their best and know that it really is in our hands. Um, And we don't just have to go with what a doctor tells us. We don't just have to go with what mainstream media tells us is the best and most accessible. So Mm -hmm. now I have um, started my own nutrition business and going well so far, 
building up a bunch of different things so I can help as many people as possible while still staying as focused on my um, goal and intention as possible. So I'm really excited for next steps and really excited for what's to come because I just, um, I just yeah. think it's, it's just so damn important. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think the key to all of it, of course, is, is the education aspect, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you knew in your, in your gut and in your heart that that was wrong. But again, like when you're in that situation, I mean, most people, you just want to do whatever you can. And obviously when there's doctors telling you, this is what you're supposed to do. I mean, yeah. I mean how it's, it's, it's a, you know, a rock in the hard in a hard place kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I know that, that, that those, um, cause it was like a liquid thing or whatever that they it was literally yeah. a can that could be on a shelf for like five yeah. years. Yeah. And right. I would right. like plug it into her tube and it'd be fine. But then I would also... I think it was also one of those things where it was so unnatural for me to be feeding my feeding oh, my no. mother through oh, a tube no. through her stomach, and I was like, How traumatic. And she can't even, you know, she couldn't taste it. She couldn't. She didn't know it was just. And at that point, I I will say, like very openly, she did only have. Like we were surprised that she made it as long as she did, and right. I knew that there was only, like it was changing by the day. So right. I knew that as yeah. much as I no, there wasn't much. Yeah. 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 There wasn't really much that that could have changed. It just really lit a fire yeah. for me to under, like tell people that you do not have to be super sick from type two diabetes. You don't have to get type right. two diabetes. You don't have to get heart um, stints put in. You know, yeah. I think that modern medicine is so important for so many reasons. And I think that there's a beautiful, I think there can be a beautiful um, space for both to exist cohesively, totally. but just prevention it's there's no there's no prevention yeah there's, there's no emphasis no on that mm -mm. And, and it's it's so frustrating because i know that so many doctors get mad and they think it's woo woo and they're like we're just trying to do our jobs and i understand that but if we right. can come at it from a place of mutual respect and understanding that we both have our place and both will always be needed it's not that we're trying to choose one or the other it's like we're right. both gonna, we're gonna need all of them yeah but um i just think that it would be such a easier process if we had more yeah more prevention i mean there there needs to be there needs to be more emphasis obviously uh you know on nutrition and and lifestyle in medical schools but at the end of the day like i i just don't and this is me being a pessimist i don't know how that's going to change because they don't make money off of that. And the, the curriculums are literally created by pharmaceutical companies, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And, and like how the, and this is why, you know, having people like you and I, I feel like is important because, you know, uh, if, if there's not people out there speaking a different story. And again, like you said, like, we're not saying that you have to totally give up, you know, modern medicine that you can never see a doctor again. Like, there, it is, it is incredible the discoveries that have been made, obviously, like in the past hundred years or I mean, mm -hmm. even 200 years. Right. But, 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 but it's not fixing all of these, these issues that are just escalating. I, you know, what drives me crazy is like, uh, you know, when there's ads about like, let's cure such and such disease. And I'm like, why are we not talking about like getting rid of it and like it yeah. not even occurring? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, it goes 
into every facet though, because then you look at, I mean, you look at big pharma who owns all of these different brands and they even are trying to get into the quote unquote health world where big pharma Pharma owns like most of the supplement brands Mm -hmm. and the supplement brands are full of bullshit and synthetics and, and, and a lot of the supplements that we and people think that maybe they are being preventative. Maybe they are, you know, they're taking their Shachandra berry, they're taking their elderflower, they're taking their, you know, uh, milk thistle. But what we don't know is that big pharma owns all these supplement companies right. and they don't have- There's no regulation. regulation, yeah. No, there's like no regulation. And mm-hmm. um, something like 65% of supplement brands don't have nearly enough regulation. And and a lot of the times, 0% of what's going into these these is actually what you need. And it's just like, you know, there's so many little, little things that I didn't even know about. And so I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, it's not just up to us to be recommending, um, different Mm. helpful herb and like supplement protocols and diets, but it's also up to us to do the research Mm -hmm. to be recommending the best brands that are actually doing their shit. You know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Do you follow the food babe? I love her. I actually, weirdly, she got to be a little much for me for a while. And oh, really? She got to be a little much for me for a little while, but I did recently start following her again. Um, I've been kind of filtering in and out of people that I follow on social media just because I think that it's become just, I know it's, it's too much for me. I know me too. Yeah. Um, and then there are all these things coming out about like the F factor diet and all these women who are having Oh, what issues. is the deal with that? Do you know, can you, t- I have seen like maybe like a snippet so, of it, but I'm not really sure what the heck it is. Can you explain to so, me? <laughs> so the F factor is, um, brought on by a woman. Her name is Tanya Zuckerbrot and she's, uh, the CEO and the founder of F factor and it's like a weight loss and diet when they have a bunch of supplements and powders and, Mm -hmm. um, bars and different things like that. And this woman, apparently she like is her brand. So Mm -hmm. anytime there's a negative comment on any of her, um, any of her snacks, any of her diets, any of her recipes, she goes in and deletes them. So there have been all these, they have been all, all these different accounts that have gone in and there have been tens and thousands of messages brought on by women who have said that this has caused severe health issues for them. And, and obviously not every diet is for everybody. And that's not to discredit the amount of people that are doing well from this diet. Like some people probably are, but she's not giving them a platform these women a platform to discuss their health issues that they've, that have been brought on by this. So, um, she will go in and like deny, deny, deny. And there are all these people trying to, um, trying to figure out what the real truth is. And of course she's not, she, it doesn't seem very authentic to the point where she's like not owning, like if someone was doing is, was working with me on nutrition for three months, like a client of mine, and they ended up having terrible results. I mean, it'd be different because it's like, I only focus on whole foods. I'm not focusing on like supplements and I'm not selling products, but it's, I would, I would, I would like have a personal conversation with them and be like, I am so sorry. Like, let's see where we went wrong or let's see what's, what we can fix it. Or or not even me. Maybe I can refer them to someone else. You know, it's not always about me, but, um, it's just, so this woman, she, uh, she just, has gotten so much flack for mm-hmm. her products being harmful to people's health, but she will never ever own any of it. She's basically just like a walking brand. And I think that it's just like 
it seems super synthetic and shitty to me. And I've always, I've actually always looked at this woman and looked at the ingredients and it's all about fiber. And trust me, I understand the benefits of fiber, but she has created these products that are, I just, I, I can't really um, speak too much on it, but the fact that she is being so, um, she's being so, uh, what's the word? Like she's trying to stay so undercover and inauthentic to her own brand and customers that, um, yeah, it's like, we can't trust anyone. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Um, the effector. Well, first off, like if you go under shop, it says food. I'm sorry. Like the, your protein powders are, I wouldn't consider those food. Like <laughs> well, he has like bars. And yeah. I see like those. That. Yeah. Again, I haven't even looked at the, I haven't yeah. even, I think there's a party going on right now. If you can hear that music, I'm sorry about that. But I mean, the second, yeah, I, I the second know. ingredient is gurgum, hydrolyzed, yeah. however you say it, gurgum, which I'm like, that's your second ingredient? Like, that's pretty intense. Well, yeah. what's the first ingredient? Uh, whey fiber? protein. It's whey protein in this one. Okay. Which I'm like, and not to say, not to say that everyone has to be plant based to be healthy. No, that's not what I'm saying, but I do. Think, yeah, no, I mean, I think I, that it's. Odd. I mean, anyways, you know, well, I don't. I'm not a big advocate on, you know, protein powders, anyways, for the most part. I mean, I think that there's probably mm-hmm. a few out there that are good, but as a whole, I feel like it's just another, you know, it's just another industry that's been over-marketed and over-advertised as like your, your answer, you know, just take this protein powder and you're yeah. going to gain all this muscle and blah, blah, blah. And you know, this obsession with protein in general. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I think just, that, I think you know, that it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think people have a lot of times what I found that they, um, can have a lot of digestive problems with protein powders for some reason. So mm-hmm. like if you're already, if you already have digestive issues and then you're compounding it with, of course, adding other things that could irritate it, um, then it's just going to be a, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so this is one of those times. And I, I will say, I think that it is, it can be beneficial if you have something high quality that's been tested for heavy metals. Um, And I would say I use my protein powder probably two or three times a week. I'm actually out right now and I need to What brand do you use? But that's what I wanted to talk about. So there's, I I genuinely can only name maybe two brands that I would recommend. And Mm -hmm. people ask me on a daily basis. um, And I think that if you do have a high, I, I really do like to keep my meals fairly light so that I can have like more. Um, so if it comes to the point where I'm not, um, I'm maybe not getting adequate protein. And I say that because I do, I like to lift weights. I do like to build a little bit more muscle. I Mm -hmm. do like to focus on that. And I do think that it does help with a level of satiety. And, um, so like chemically we do need, I mean, we need protein, but our body is smart. It's smart enough to put together the amino acids that are in plant-based foods to create that. But, um, but I will say the protein powder that I use is called Aura, O-R-A, Aura Organics. And it's one of the only brands that is not sweetened. It's all whole food plant-based. There's no preservatives or additives. It's tested for heavy metals. It's all organic. It's a uh, complete protein. And it's, I would say it's, and they also have come out with 
probiotics that I'm actually going to switch over to. They have mm. a, it's a probiotic and a prebiotic, which I love. And then, um, which I think is super important, especially for women who have, um, like any issues down there, any like yeast infections, any type of like BV reoccurrences, if they have any digestion, like a million different reasons why I think a probiotic is good. But mm. then they also have, you know, I don't think we necessarily need greens, but they just have reinvented the way that all of these fitness products look like pre-workout. They use a, um, a dehydrated beet juice, which is really great for opening capillaries and allowing blood flow and circulation and oxygen to flow. So it's like a better form of pre-workout. I just think that they have done such a great job of making, um, fitness supplements whole and beautiful and, with such great quality and they did give me a code if you guys want it eliza g15 but uh, and i i just have to say that because i i use it myself i recommend it to everyone and only if you're already using it because it's hard for some people to be like okay i'm just gonna cut it cold turkey you know i'd rather them make a organic switch you know switch switch from their like max out hydroxy you know whatever um and they're like yeah. So that's, that's how I see it. I'm like, I love this brand so much. So I think there are some brands that do it right. I do. And then I, I yeah. think there are some brands that I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're well, a lot of marketing. Uh, yeah. yeah. And just like, um, or what, you know, like, um, what's that supplement store that's like in malls or stuff? Uh, GNC. Yes, that, or like somebody just goes in there and there's like, you know, a hundred different types of protein powders there and half of them are probably crap, you know I mean? Yeah. But you buy the one that's on sale or the one that has the packaging that's the most loud or I don't know, you know, 60 grams of protein per scoop, you know, something wild. Something Um, insane. Yeah. And also I, I, I will say like, there are a lot of brands who think that just by slapping the name plant-based or switching from whey to pea or soy that that makes it healthier. I'm like, it's about the fillers. It's about the, exactly. um, the preservatives and things like that, that are, um, bolstering the majority of these ingredients. Well, exactly. Like that, the one, the F factor, the second ingredient was gurgum. That's used as a thickener like that. Yeah. So literally like half of what you're ingesting is just a thickener. That's gross. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, I didn't even see the other ingredients because I would have had to turn off my Wi-Fi and I would have been yeah. gone. But, but I, um, yeah, it's like whey protein. I don't know if she uses like an inulin fiber. I think that there are ways to get good fiber from inulin. I think it's, there are some good products out there, but yeah. so I'm like, it, it goes back to also just the standard American way of thinking is saying like, what can I what, what pill can I take? What, what solution is there? And I'm like, the, you know, I mean, like, let's cut, let's cut to the chase. The basics are we need more fruits and vegetables and fiber and like in their whole form. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think that I feel so confident in that message because I'm like, try me, like try me and try me and tell me that adding in more vegetables and fruits aren't healthier for you. Right. Try try me any day of the week. Let's go. Right. But it's like this instant gratification, you know, culture that we have that is just, I feel like getting exacerbated with, you know, technology that people just expect, well, they expect you to, you know, email them back right away, like within two seconds or, um, I don't know, just like, and yeah, and you, you order something online and it's to your house literally in a day. Like that's not... 
it's been a day. It's like you, I, I also think about it. I'm like, even as simple as our morning routine, if we restructure it, like if I, I know so many people who are wired for stress, but they, they wake up, they hit their alarm. The first thing they do is they lay in bed and they look at their text messages. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I've done it. And I also know people that are not affected by that. Like some people can wake up True. and go around them the happiest, easygoing non-stressed, you know, no issues at all. And that's fine, but that's not a lot of people. Lot and, um, of like my, my boyfriend can lay in bed in the morning. He like looks at all his appointments and you know, then he's like up and he's like, have an amazing day. I'm like, <laughs> well, my husband will look at, he'll look at the news. And if I do that first thing in the morning, my whole day will be like ruined, you know, <laughs> like, yes. Or they'll go straight. They'll, they'll go in and they'll either take a pre-workout or they'll take a, a shot of espresso, go to the gym, <laughs> no water, and then they'll hit this high intensity class. I'm like, it's fine. It's dark outside. Like, <laughs> let your circadian rhythm breathe for a sec. But also, yeah. like, I know that's not realistic for some people's lifestyles. Like, if that's the only time you can go, then go. But, you, I know. you know, there's different ways to do it. If you can not do that, <laughs> um, then yeah. I, yeah, I think we both highly recommend that. I, I certainly can't. Like, I think I would have. I don't know, like major emotional and like physical problems, honestly. Like I need, the morning time is like my sacred time. And, and if I don't do it this, this proper certain way, like it really imbalances everything else I've found, you know? I agree. I completely agree. And I think that, um, I didn't realize how impactful it was to switch to a slower morning. I used to wake up and do my, my, like, and I still love the way I work out, but I have restructured it for different times of the month where I'm in a mm. different stage in my cycle where nice. I do my specific workouts. So mm-hmm. like I am in what's called a rise phase, um, which is a, there's rise, I, we won't get into it all, but I'm in like what's called this phase in my cycle where I've just finished my menstrual cycle and right. my hormones are at their quote unquote lowest, oh, which makes us like more like man hormones. So you can go in and hit your PRs. You can not saying that you're going to bulk at all. It's just a better time for you to go in and do your hit workouts, to do your sprints, to do your weights. Um, if you want to do some jump squats, that type of thing, that this is the time to do it. So this is, this is when I go in and like, I'll do my sprints in the morning and I'll do my leg press and I'll do my hip heavy hip thrusts. And like, that's when I will go in and leg press like 300 pounds and I feel great about it. But then if I do that the first couple of days of my period, I'm like, oh, I threw my back out. I'm crying. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't, I'm like, everyone hates it. It's awful. um, I think that if, if you're doing those types of workouts early on in the morning, almost like four or five days a week, every single day, every single week of the month, that is when you're going to come into hormonal issues. That's when a lot of women start to get confused because they, they start to carry all their weight in their midsection. They're like, my arms and my legs are lean, but my midsection is like gaining all this weight. And I'm like, well, there you go. So it's, um, it's really important to also know your body and know when you should be performing, working smarter, not harder. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. We need to talk about this more because I, I understand, like I'm more familiar with the menstrual phases and like what foods to eat in those phases, but I've never thought about, which it totally makes sense. Uh, I never have thought about how you should be working out differently or exercising differently in each one. 
So let's talk and about, no, so can, yeah, let's talk I can about that. I even more. refer you guys to, so one of my friends, her name is, um, Adelie. She's incredible. She's a friend of mine in, um, in Charleston. And I actually just had her on my podcast recently. Um, so if you guys want more information on this, she goes really in depth and gives like actual tips and like what to eat, what to do on this phase of your cycle. But there, what she was mentioning was basically, um, there are four phases in your cycle. So there's your um, luteal phase, which is leading up to your period. There's your bleed menstrual cycle, which is mm-hmm. your menstrual cycle. There's your <laughs> rise phase. Oh, 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 your rise phase, which is after, like, it, it, it starts about, follicular it starts like two or three days after you actually have your first bleed. So mm-hmm. you can still do those high impact workouts on your period, just not like the first At two. At the end. Three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're in your follicular stage, which is like, I mean, and honestly, the follicular, the follicular and the, um, the follicular stage and rise will take up the majority of your month anyways, because you only ovulate for like three or so days anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so the follicular, the stronger phases when you can be doing those high intensity workouts, like they do, those phases are longer than the normal phase mm-hmm. or than the menstrual or the luteal. Um, luteal. Yeah. So what happens is when you are in that luteal phase, right before your period, your hormones are starting to rise up, which means you're, you might experience some breast tenderness. You might experience like crying over nothing. You might experience some different types of cravings. Um, and then at their peak is when your, your lining is going to start to shed, which is when you have your first bleed for your menstrual cycle. So that's when you're in your menstrual cycle. So that's, this whole thing can last like around like maybe a week, seven days. So Mm -hmm. during those times when your hormones are at your highest, that's when you want to be really gentle with your body and you want to be doing things like, um, that's when you want to be doing a lot of yoga. That's when you maybe want to take a rest day or two. That's when you want to be doing your walking, your Pilates, you can still do your weight training. Um, I, I still like to do my weight training, but this is when I'll go a little light weight and I'll just go so slow. Like I'll Mm. do squats and I'll do like a five second decline. And then, um, you know, I just have a different tempo so I can really feel every single muscle without getting my heart rate up super high. It's still an amazing workout. Like I'll do more banded work, nothing that's going to put a whole lot of strain on my muscle because, um, if you think about it like this, when you're in this phase of your cycle and, and we didn't talk about this on the podcast, I'm kind of just this is also just like my female intuition thinking this. <laughs> I feel like when we are, our hormones are at our highest, that is when our muscles are a little looser. They're a little more feminine, flexible. Mm, and, yeah. and that's when it would be, um, it would be smarter to load less weight on your joints because you are a little bit more flexible. It's think of your body after you take a yoga class, like your muscles are loose, your joints are relaxed. Um, you don't want to be going to do like a 200 pound chest press, bench press, you know, you're going to dislocate something. You're going to tear something. Things are loose and like your muscles are more moisturized right there. This is a time to move slowly, do your yoga, do your flexibility work and all that stuff. So, um, it's like after you, right before you have a baby, your body starts to release a hormone called relaxin. Um, and it basically just allows your body and your hips to open up and your, it allows you to push out a fucking baby. So um, <laughs> yeah, pretty intense. So during, during this time, you're, it's similar to that where your body is just a little more loosey goosey. So you don't want to be putting a lot of strain on those joints during that time. You're more susceptible to injury. And it's also just like, you're not, 
you know, you're not going to be a strong man. That's not when you're going to hit your PRs and you're going to lose a little bit of that confidence. So during that phase, but other, fa other times of the phase, you know, you can do your, hit your sprints, hit your, um, you know, go take a spin class, even though I hate those. Um, I you know. hate them. I hate them. Uh, if you like those, that's great, but <laughs> it, I'm sorry. I just think it is. There's no, nope. No. Nope. If nope. I'm going to be on a bicycle, I want to be going somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm in Napa going to get a bottle. And, right, um, yeah. <laughs> but either way, so I think it's really important to structure your days. Like so many people, so many women like fight through their menstrual phase or their luteal phase. And they're like, mm. oh my God, I'm, I'm so tired, but I know I'm going to feel better after this workout. And trust me, I understand that it is always so much better to move your body. But there are different ways to do it. One, it's not going to build resentment towards your workout when you go in there and you feel defeated and you feel like you can't do it. Two, you, you are now working in a um, harder, not smarter zone. Mm. And that's not always good for women. Men can go in and bust it wide open every single day and be right. fine. Right. Um, and then, you know, they cut out peanut butter and they lose 40 pounds and, you know, it's like, <laughs> so you know, annoying, it's like, right? I've heard this story from so many women, like going on a diet with their husbands or their boyfriends or whatever. And then in the first week, the boyfriend's already, the man, the dude's yeah. already lost like 20 pounds and they're like lost yeah. two. And they're like, what? We did the exact same thing. <laughs> well, they're meant to get more spelt and lose their body right. fat a little faster. It's like that fight of blood, but either way, I mean, I think that once women really release that conditioning, where they feel like they have to do, you know, intense workouts and drip sweat in order to see progress. I think that's when they're really going to start to understand their body a little bit more. And I think that's when they're going to start to see real results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think sh shifting from that mindset, I mean, of, yeah, like you're, you have to be sweating or like about to pass out to be getting a good workout. Like you can get an amazing workout in yoga and, you know, I mean, sometimes you still like break a little sweat, but you're yeah. not like your face is not pouring sweat from you, you know? Totally. And on the days, like it's so, it's such a stark contrast. Like this morning went in, hit sprints, hit deadlifts, hip thrusts, like badass box jumps, feeling so good. Mm -hmm. And then, um, last week when I was on my period, I was doing Melissa Wood Health. And I'm not saying these are not amazing to do all the time. If I yeah. could just do these all the time, but I just, I love both. Um, I was doing Melissa Wood Health. She does these like little Pilates classes and some of them are 11 minutes. Some of them are like 45 minute flows. There's full body, there's body weight, and it's just so beautiful. Mm. And you feel long and lean afterwards. I highly recommend it to everyone. Yeah. But do you, I've been seeing that floating around. That's like a membership thing, like a monthly thing or what I, is that? Yeah, and I actually do she's the one who inspired me to do my online subscription membership on my website. I was like, I get it because it's not that I use it every day. Right. I use it probably realistically five times a month, four or five times a month, but paying like eight bucks for it. Oh my God. Even if I used it once a month, I would probably keep it. Huh? It's great. You go on her website and it's just, you can log in at any point and do her stuff. And it, I love it. Wow. I have a harder time working out. I've, or at least I've, I think I already knew this, but then the pandemic happened and like I motivating myself to work out at home is like so That's miserable. Yeah. Like how do you overcome I mean, that? I'll or do, do you never overcome that? I think that sometimes it, it's like the best workout is the one you're going to do. Mm. So if you know 
if you're already conditioning yourself to like have that limiting mindset and I'm in it too, I've, I do it all the time. I'm like, Oh, I just, I can't work out at home. I can't work out at home. Yeah. Like, well, I need to change my identity a little bit because <laughs> shit's not the same right now. So it's like, yeah. I kind of had to be like, okay, I'm not going to go do burpees and, um, you know, I'm not going to go do sprints on my own. I'm not going to go do like heavy deadlifts in my backyard. And, you know, I'm not doing that. So I'll go in the back and I'll set a timer and I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to do a minute of jumping jacks. I'm going to do a minute of squats. I'm going to do a minute of plank. I'm going to do a minute of like donkey kicks, moves that I actually enjoy. And I think that it's important to know that you don't have to follow someone else's routine just to feel satisfied. Like a lot of people are like, well, I can't get to the gym, so I can't work out at home. Like you might not Mm. be able to do the exact same workout that you were doing at the gym but you can move your body, pull out your yoga mat, sit on the floor, roll it out, find some type of muscle release, stretch for a while. I think that getting to it is the hardest part. Like I do these Melissa, like I don't have a gym in my house. I do these (laughs) on my rug in my bedroom and I'm like hitting my elbow on the bed and I'm (laughs) it's not beautiful. And it's not ideal. Yeah. (laughs) It's not ideal. I have my headphones in and I think hers are really nice because I don't feel pressure when I do them to like look a certain way or sweat or let my heart rate rise. But I think that if you are home, then, um, you know, I think that it's smart to just go for a walk and, and oh, yes. like every couple blocks run for a minute, mm-hmm. jog for a minute, change some, something up. Every time you see a bench, go do 10 pushups <laughs> on it. You know, I, that's what yeah. I do. I go to Hampton park in Charleston and I, I do one lap and then I will, I'll do one lap and then I'll go back and do another lap of walking, walk, and then I'll run for one minute and then I'll do 20 squats, 20 pushups. And then I'm just like, Oh God, that was a lot for me. And then I'll go back to walking, you know? Yeah. I feel inspired because I, I have, you know, I am all about the mind, body, spirit thing and like telling yourself positive things. But then when it comes to working out, I obviously like us talking about this now, I've recognized that I definitely have a, a lacking mentality about it. You know, like I can't do this. I'm not good at doing this. I can't work out at home. Like what? Like that's just, you just can't do yeah. like, you can't do a Barry's boot camp at your house. <laughs> or would you yeah. want to? Yeah, yeah. Like, and also if you do have a gym and you're like, what do I do? Then go to a corner of the gym. I know my gym has a little area where you can go and stretch and yeah. I'll go pull out a yoga mat. And I've just done like 20 minutes of stretching and like, I'll pull up the Melissa Wood Health app and do a, a 15 minute um, ab and arm, no weight movement or a button leg, no weight movement. And it feels so good. And then I'll stretch and then I incline walk for a little bit. And those are, that's my workout for the day. Other times I go in and I'm like, well, I'm just going to use three machines and then sprint. Yeah. But I think that if you are home, then it's just, you got to It's a self-motivation that's harder, you know, like it's easier to, to, especially like if you, if you have a gym and if you have something you're paying for in general, like it motivates you more to use it and to go. Right. But like your house, you can just be like, meh, I can do it tomorrow. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. It's just, Stop with that limiting belief. And, I know. Um, and I literally, I mean, yeah. I know I'm not like the only person, but I am probably in the worst shape of my life right now. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, because I have been, I mean, there were times that I was super fit and like 
Yeah. I mean, I, mean, had, I still think you are. Well, thanks, girl. <laughs> um, but, you know, I like prided myself on my abs and all these kind of things, which, you know, that that was probably a little bit more on the superficial side. But now, I don't know. Yeah. I just like, I haven't been, well, like, you know, so the pandemic started. I mean, like I said, I'm not the only one who've, who's probably had similar or some people have done the opposite and they've worked out more, but like I used to go to Hilo, which I know you used to work there. And, um, and I used to go like several times a week and I was, you know, like, I felt like in a pretty good shape and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic but started also, and, you know, I think that it's also when people are and and I heard it more times than, you know, like being in the fitness industry, people were like, I haven't been to the gym in, in four days. I'm, I'm so out of shape. I haven't been here in a week. I mean, the most negative self-talk. Yeah. And I'm like, so right. you think that by not going to a full-on gym environment, right? I feel like it's just the environment of the gym that makes people feel stronger and fitter. They What's the energy, walk- you know? I mean, other people like, ah, like, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, this is a really great opportunity for us to expand our our fitness and to not just do the workout that we know do the work you know test yourself you can and rely on that you know i mean yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. think and think about it people overthink about it overthink it all the time they're like i just i just don't know what to do i don't know what to do i'm like you've taken 20 classes do like think of five things you've done in those classes right yeah if you've been going to that gym for a few months like and you can't remember literally one thing (laughs) I'm like then then you need to be more in tune with your body when you're in that class yeah yeah well I used to I used to be like you know and even when I went to so there used to be this gym in Charleston that I I still talk about fondly and we'll talk about it till I'm 80 years old but so it was this it was called Bluefish, and it was down on the water um, near the aquarium. So, like, the gym was overlooking the harbor. It was overlooking the bridge. It was literally the most magical place ever. Um, and I – what that was when I was in my best shape ever. And I knew – I knew every – like, I know my body really well, and I know – what works for me. And so like, I would just go through, you know, 45 minutes and then boom. And I remember one of the guys who worked there, he was like, you work out really well. And I was like, <laughs> I guess he was watching me. I don't know. But I was like, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. Um, but ever since that gym closed, I was like searching for something that would be like equivalent because it was, it was like the, the, the atmosphere, right? Like it was yeah, the most yeah. beautiful space. But at the end of the day, like that was that, I mean, it closed because I don't think they were charging enough. It was like $75 a month, like so cheap for this, like yeah, the most beautiful facility. Um, anyways, and that's a whole nother story, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you, I think it's just this idea that like everything has to be perfect and everything yeah. has to be in place for, for you to do something, you know? And that, I mean, yeah. I, maybe that's like a perfectionist mind too. Cause sometimes I can be in my head and be like, oh, well, I can't do it perfect. So I just might as well not do it. You know, well, we go, we go into all these, we go into comparison mode. So on you're like, you see all these people, you're like, or you, you look at a fitness class and you're like, okay, I, I just need to like lose a couple more pounds and then I'll go in that class. Or I need to get in shape before I go work out. I'm like, what the fuck do you hear yourself? Sorry. I come so much on this podcast. <laughs> me out. I'm so sorry. But then, then you say, then you even hear people say like, okay, starting on Monday, 
I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to move up and I'm going to eat healthy and all these things. I'm like, okay, so this is again, that limiting belief and that binge mindset where mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you do not have to be the person that you were five minutes ago, your next mm-hmm. meal, just add some more vegetables. You know, you don't have to go to in and out just because you had a crappy breakfast. You can, <laughs> you can go, you can go eat, you know, you're in and out, have a nice time. And then for dinner, do what you would normally do and have maybe add some, add some greens. You know, it's, there are so many things that we can do to shift our, shift our mindset. And I think that it just all comes from keeping that commitment to yourself and like setting something, setting a small goal for yourself, reaching these small goals, keep building your confidence. And that's how I think big changes are made is just by small little adjustments. For sure. Yeah. I mean, because I I think it's the most sustainable way. I mean, when you, if you try to do everything all at once, this is Mm -hmm. why people fall off the wagon, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, I I heard something the other day and I'm sure that people are going to think I'm crazy because I am the only person in the world who hadn't heard this quote, but it said, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, now I guess I'm learning how to read books. But, It, uh, it was, don't try and boil the ocean. It was saying, hmm. you know, take one small pot at a time. It was like, don't um. try and boil the whole ocean. Otherwise, you'll put the water back and it'll still be, you just do one pot at a time. And I was like, yeah. wow. You do, I've never you heard that. Same. I've never heard that. Okay. You're not the only one. Probably, it was probably <laughs> Sophocles or Aristotle or something. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Which they don't teach that much in school anyway. So because they're buttons, no, not but <laughs> they should. <laughs> I know. I, I think everyone should just, um, I think everyone needs to, uh, I think everyone needs to read the daily stoic. I think everyone needs to read Joe Dispenza. I think everyone needs to like, there's just so many little things, but that's me being woo woo. So the daily stoic. I don't even know about this. This is something. Oh my God. I've got to send you a copy. I think I've given away and I'm not exaggerating this number. I think I've given away 20 copies. Um, I'm basically his publicist. It's so this guy, Ryan, (laughs) Ryan holiday, he wrote the book called the daily stoic. He's, he's written a lot of books and he's amazing. If you haven't looked him up, he's, um, Mm -hmm he's an author and he has written the obstacle is the way the, um, something about ego. I can't remember. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah. The daily stoic is, is one that has, um, truly changed my life. I have read it now. This is my third year reading it. It's one, each, each page is a different, um, is a different quote, not quote, but it's a different lesson from, these stoics and how to release control of what we cannot control, how to understand that, um, basically just how to be a good person 101. And it translates into, you know, into layman's terms, modern times. (laughs) Yeah. These, uh, stoic excerpts. And it's just so beautiful. I read one page. uh, This is my morning routine. I wake up I go do my hot water with lemon and sea salt. I do my coffee and then I come back in. I still haven't looked at my phone. I'll read a page, look at it, maybe write a note or two. And then I'll just, you know, big inhale, big exhale. Sometimes I meditate and then it, I, then I can look at my phone, but it's like a non-negotiable for me. I think that it's almost Christmas time. Y'all go get this book. It's incredible. It's just so easy and beautiful. So I love that. And I love like, you know, having like a daily 
I don't know. I used to have a calendar that was one of those that you like peel off, you know, and each one was like a quote or something. Yeah. Awesome. And, those are yeah. great too. I love those, but I had, but that was like years ago. I had one of those in like college and then I had one that was, it was uh, a different, it was like dictionary ones. So every day was like a, learning a different word. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that word of the day. Yeah. So it was like to- word of the day. Yes. And I think they have an app where you can get it popped up on your phone. And I used to get an email for it. Yeah. I unsubscribed from the email. I did too. (laughs) (laughs) I had it going for like 15 years, I swear to God. And then I, I just recently, like last year unsubscribed. That's funny. I don't know why I unsubscribed. I don't know. I started being like, eh, I don't need to get this anymore. I I think think I just, I think that I just have added my email to so many different things that I just, (sighs) everything I'm just resentful of. I'm like, get away from me here over it. I know. I mean, my email is, I, I don't know how many emails I have thousand, like 10,000 or something. I don't know. Oh, I mean, it's, I don't even try and keep up with that. Know. It's just not a thing anymore. Like, yeah. Trying to but. delete them and control them. Um, so I did want to briefly just chat about like your plant-based story. Cause I know I'm like many of us, you yes. were not, didn't start out plant-based. <laughs> so yeah. what, what sparked that for you? I, so I've always, like I said in the beginning, I've always been healthier than than the average person. (laughs) Yeah. And I definitely always ate an abundance of vegetables. I actually, so when I was in college, I did an alternative spring break and I'd always been super interested or not super interested in it, but never against it. I'd never really like I definitely ate the standard American diet, but a healthier version of it. And my dad always raised me to know that like leafy greens and iron and all these different things. And I was like, thanks dad, but still ate meat and randomly we would order pizza, but he would never have like junk in the house. It was always whole grain, everything. It was never, he would never let us get gushers. I would always go to my friend's houses and you know, <laughs> all the that. Yeah. Everyone was like, we're not going to her house to eat hemp hearts. So, <laughs> so, so um, awesome. yeah, my, needless to say, my house is like not the fun house to go to. <laughs> but, um, either way. So when I went to an alternative spring break in college, I actually met this girl, Shay. She, um, I don't even remember her last name, but yeah, her name was Shay. She did this alternative spring break with me. She was a year older than me. And I just remember she was so calm and easy and like six one and lean and looked like a model. And she was just so sweet. And we were working in an orphanage and then rebuilding a school and doing a couple of we felt, yeah, it was just a really great oh. time to, you know, we were giving back and I just, I was like, I, she, I don't know, maybe I, oh, I also was like super constipated because anytime I traveled, mm. I could never go to the bathroom. And I know that so many women have this issue and men, maybe mm-hmm. not really, but, um, so many women traveled or went to someone else's house or stayed in a different place and they were thrown off their routine like I was and they Mm -hmm. couldn't poop while they were traveling and I just remember it was so hard I was like okay I'm gonna drink a bunch of water I'm gonna like eat a bunch of fiber and do all these things but nothing was working and so I just remember feeling so clogged up I didn't poop for like four days three or four days it would be like pellets it was just so uncomfortable and I just remember thinking that's normal and um so Shay at this point, she had, she was always ordering something slightly different. You know, we would always order whatever the orphanage was putting together. And she was like, Hey, and they asked, of course, you know, if there were any restrictions, she's like, Hey, I don't eat meat. So I was like, Hey, can I have what she's having? 
<laughs> thought she was so cool. And, you know, I'd always been health conscious, but she was on another level. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I just feel way better. And she was doing it for a more moral standpoint. And, you know, I love animals, but I definitely do it for more of a health standpoint. And mm-hmm. she just would order veggies and rice and beans instead of like the meat and veggies. And I just remember I gravitated so much towards that. And, um, when I left that alternative spring break for the next year in college, I was like black beans and rice girl, but I don't think I was, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't doing it right because I, um, I knew that I wasn't getting as much nutrients as I wanted to. People were concerned. They were like, you're losing so much weight. And I was like, I feel amazing. And they were like, yeah. no, you, they, they would look at me and they're like, you're doing this to lose weight. You're doing this to get skinny and you're it's unhealthy. Oh. I got so many people judging me for it. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I would start Please. to believe it. I would start mm-hmm. to believe that I was doing it wrong and you know, all these things. So I kind of went back to the way I was had normally ate, you know, I had started working out more and I would started to add in more, like a little bit more. I, I don't even know what I was adding in. Like chicken sausage like bs i know i know but here we are we've all been there i i'm i was eating you know hot dogs and stuff so i I don't want to judge anyone for where they are because i know it took i I didn't go cold turkey and so i did vegan for a year i felt amazing i was pooping regularly no matter where i went i felt so great Mm. i had so much energy i was sleeping well i was lean and i also um so I, I know I wasn't doing it right though, <clears throat> but I, like, I wasn't getting any variety to my diet. I would do a bunch of tofu and rice and beans and that's all great. But I, I just knew that I was eating the same thing every single day from like the cafeteria. Cause it was like the one place I knew where I could get all vegan food. Right. And then I just remember when I moved to Arizona, I kind of got out of it and I moved, I, I got back to the way I had been eating and something just clipped in me when I just kept looking at all these other, like, I kept looking at all these other bodybuilders and I had people asking me all the time. They're like, when are you going to compete? When are you going to compete? I felt so lean and strong, like butt was on point, abs were on point, shoulders looked great. And like, I was so lean and strong and felt great, but I had cystic acne. Mm -hmm. I was barely, I was not sleeping well at night. I was doing these insane workouts five or six days per week. I was still, still drinking. Definitely. I was sitting behind a computer screen all day thinking that health was egg whites with salsa and like low fat, you know? And I definitely still focused on whole foods. I still bought all organic, all healthy, went to the farmer's market every week, did Swiss shard for every meal. Like I was very, very healthy, but still ate meat and eggs. Mm -hmm. Never really, never really dairy because I always knew that dairy never did anything for me, not just digestively, but I knew that dairy like would cause my skin to break out. It made me have these little bumps on the back of my arms, like all these little Mm -hmm. things. And um, so I, I just slowly started to reduce and then something just clicked with me. My hormones were all messed up. My mom was literally dying. I, I had so much that I was, so much was unknown And I think I just started to try and simplify as much as I could. Um, And so I just started to do more, more beans and rice. I started to go back to the staples and I just slowly started removing steak and super heavy things that made my digestive system feel slow Mm. and that made me feel tired and that made me feel um, lethargic. It made me feel Mm like I had less vitality. And I literally just kept thinking to myself, I was like, this is not normal. So I started, um, 
really focusing on my digestion, how bloated I was, how little I could go to the bathroom at other places and how unregular I was. And the more I integrated plant-based foods and the less I ate eggs and fish and chicken and steak, the better I felt. And so it just kept going like that. And I was like, I can't ever go back. I I don't want to, I don't want to. And so I think it started slowly for me. And that's why I don't want to ever judge people for where they are in their journey. It bothers me when people judge me for it because I didn't always, I wasn't always like this. So, you know, I get both sides. I just know that based on the standard American diet too, that there are so many preventable diseases and there are, which are our most common. I'm like, if you switch to a high fiber plant-based high variety, and, and I'm not saying that it's, there aren't even enough studies showing that a 100% plant-based lifestyle is the way to go. It's just all of the studies profoundly shoot back to the fact that it is predominantly Mm -hmm. plant-based. So I think that there's really no arguing that it's low processed foods, low saturated fats, saturated fats come from animal products. They come from dairy and they come from like eggs and poultry. So the more you eliminate those things that are going to clog your arteries that are going to cause congestion within your digestion, as well as your heart. I I just think there's really no other way to go. You add in those antioxidants so that you can um, combat the oxidative stress that happens in your body from your environment or your environment, your, um, from your environment, you know, there's so many little reasons and I could go on for days, but that's, anyways, my 30 minute speech on why I'm playing (laughs) face. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, uh, I mean, many people have that similar story too. And then like the, you know, kind of peer pressure story, I think is, Uh is Uh pretty common. And I mean, thankfully I feel like things have shifted so, uh, hugely, you know, in like the past, I don't know, just a couple years with the plant-based movement and people just recognizing that like, yeah, I mean, you don't you don't have to complete you know be a hundred percent, but just the reduction mm-hmm. I think is more um, people are more aware of that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, even my brother well, who like what- I would have never thought would reduce his meat intake is like they're like doing meatless Mondays and like cooking j- jackfruit, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, what a time. exactly. <laughs> It can be fun. You know, I think that it's, it's like the same way when people say, Oh, I could never, um, work out at home. It's like, right. Well, <laughs> like me, that's, that's now, yeah, that's like now the identity that you've adopted and you're limiting yourself. And I just yeah. think that if, I think that if people, people think it's a conspiracy theory, <laughs> like they think that being plant-based is like a conspiracy. They're like, Oh, you just think that. And you know, they stop it. Who villain. says <laughs> that? Oh my God. I've never heard that. Oh. And that is, I mean, I'm not surprised about it, I guess, but <laughs> not a conspiracy theory, but I think that they think it's just a trend and they think that they're oh, just, right. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. They're right. so against it. They're like, we, we need a hundred grams of protein. Know. Day. You know, we need all these things. And I, I agree to an extent that there needs to be balance, but when you're, when you're trying to tell a woman that she needs to be on a keto diet and she's Mm. not like a sick person that, you know, has a doctor prescribing it and, and she's reducing her carbs so much that her hormones are now fucked up. I'm like, she might be skinny, but it's going to come back and she's going to have a fucked up 
hormones. You I mean, know, the long-term just- effect, I mean, the keto diet is that and then the new carnivore diet, which is apparently a thing. I yeah. mean, are really just so ill-fated. I mean, like, and these people are misinformed. Like, that, mm-hmm. I mean, to go into ketosis should not be something long-term. Short-term, sure. It can have some benefits. For sure. But it is not something your body is meant to be in. Like it is a you're in famine. Like that's literally why you're going into it. You know, like yeah. Uh, and I I just think that it's so. It is like you said, it's so unrealistic and and not even just misinformed. And I don't think that every diet is for everybody. But I right. also think this is not a diet. And I think right. that if there's if if you're trying to argue that plants and fruits and vegetables are not good for you, then I think that maybe maybe take a look inward. <laughs> um, maybe, yeah. maybe learn about vitamins and minerals. Like yeah. and um, people think macros and I'm like, what about I the know. macros? I know. Yeah. That's a mind. That's a, that's a big one in shifting people's mindsets. Cause that's kind of like one of those, it's kind of like the protein craze. Like then it became like macros and like counting your macros. And I've had mm-hmm. clients who have done that. Um, and you know, just had to retrain how they viewed food, you know, which, yeah. um, you know, obviously is difficult sometimes. Well, and I will even say, I think that like understanding what a certain amount of food actually looks like is super important. I also think, I mean, counting macros for a long period of time, I think it really messes with your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it can be fairly toxic to people because they view, they take the joy out of food basically. And I'm not saying it's villainous. I've definitely done it. I I've done it in the past, like seven months because sometimes I like to go back in and see where my body's at. And I like to yeah. see, um, and I know, I know both sides of it, but I, I never have any of my clients track their macros on my meal plans. So yeah. if I set a client up with a personalized meal plan, then I have already done that for them. And they might be saying, Oh, I'm really, really full. I'm like, okay, well then skip that snack. You know, mm-hmm. you, listen to your body. You don't have to eat until you're uncomfortable. If you're feeling bloated after a meal, let's write that down. Let's talk about it. Let's see like what, what we could take out, what we could add in, say, Oh, you're still not you know, going to the bathroom a lot, let's add in a little bit of ground flax to your oats in the morning, you know, little Mm -hmm. things like that. I think that, um, it's not so much about calorie counting as it is just consciousness, um, for, for what you're ingesting and when it's whole foods, typically it is lower calorie and typically like sometimes you might have to eat more than you expect, but, um, but isn't that fun? (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, yeah, Yeah, I I think it's very interesting. I know. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a fun journey. Um, that I am. I mean, I could never. I would never go back. Like, there's there's nothing that could happen in my life that would make me stop eating so many plants. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. And I love your ingredients. And I sent over your. You made some. Twix, Snicker, peanut oh butter. Oh my God, yes. I sent that to my sister and she's plant-based as well. She's actually, she's incredible. She's a great chef, but she, um, I'm going to send that to her and I'm going to make those when I go to Boston. to. Oh my gosh. Her. Oh my God. Well, let me know how you like them and I hope they're good. And if they are, then post them and tag me. <laughs> of course I will. Of course oh I will. I love those things. I, I actually should make some now that you say that. Um, Absolutely. For the kids tomorrow night. Or on Saturday night. I know. Do you think they're actually, I was thinking, are they coming? You know? 
I hope that kids are trick-or-treating. I hope I that nobody's like too, too woke to be spooked. You know? I know, I know. I'm, I mean, we I'm going to leave some candy out at the front. You are? Maybe yeah, I want to leave some candy out of the front. I want our kids in the neighborhood to know I that know. this is the... And also, it doesn't really spread on surfaces, and I'm probably going to get like, canceled for saying that. But I mean, <laughs> Cancel culture. I know. It's like, weird times. It doesn't really spread on surfaces. That's why I'm like, it's okay to go back to gyms. Just if someone's coughing, don't make out with them, you know? I'm like, there are the- little things... This is the problem, girl. Like, even though that has been shown, people still cannot, they can't accept new information for some reason. I don't know if people have just like gotten to their, they've just had their fill, you know, and like you can't present anything new or different than what they were originally told. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's why people, that's why people are against, not against the plant-based, but they think they could never do it because it's new. I'm like, yeah. You know, not I, new. <laughs> you, just to, you just have to keep. Um, you just have to keep. I think that as long as we lead by example and we're not leading by fear, then I think that slowly yeah. and surely we'll make that shift. And again, I think it's education because I mean, I I would like to do more stories or like podcast episodes on like the history of it because the thing is, when you look at different cultures throughout history many of them have been mostly plant-based. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you look Mm -hmm. at African, Africa, like the continent, like minus a couple different tribes that like literally just ate blood and uh, (laughs) yeah, like and milk. Um, Other than those, they ate so much, many plants, like so much fiber. They were getting like a hundred grams of fiber a day. Like, you know, they also have no heart disease. They have like, no, they had never never had like one case. And there are a lot of Japanese tribes, not tribes, but there are islands in Japan and, um, in, in Southeast Asia where they have zero, zero cases of breast cancer, like things they've never heard of colon cancer. And I'm like, well, that's super weird. You know? I mean, it's like, it's just, I mean, once you look at the history or look, you know, it's just like, even with coronavirus, like you have to step back, you know, you have to step back and look at the whole picture. Um, and when you're too close up to anything, if you're too close up to a painting, you can't see what's happening. Right. And I, th- I think that that's the same, you know, with these two cases yeah. and like, yeah. yeah. So, and I think this is a time when people really need to filter who they want to be following on social media, who they want to be. Um, and I think that, you know, also social media is a huge issue right now is because, you know, it's showing us what we typically gravitate to. It's already, Mm -hmm. whatever we look at or whatever we maybe agree with or like, they're going to start showing more posts like that because it's going to continue to feed our narrative. So if I like something that says, you know, um, if I like something that says Donald Trump is, you know, is bad and he's racist and And that's all you're going to see. And that's all I'm going to see. And if I follow something about the, you know, carnivore diet being, beneficial for fat loss, then I'm most likely going to get a lot of things like that. So it's going to continue exactly. to feed my narrative. So I think that yeah. it's like you put, and, and I'm, I'm definitely biased because I mean, I of course follow so many plant-based claims because I'm like, that's, I don't see anything bad with that. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, so- it's not, I mean, there's so many, not only is there so much evidence showing that it, you know, can reduce or reverse illness, mm-hmm. but it also, there's no victim. You know, like this is what, like the carnivore diet, of course, like the moral side. And I think a lot of times people will start like on the health side, uh, going plant-based. And then like, when you learn about the industry and stuff like that, it like shifts your mind even more. And then you're like, yeah, heck yeah. I'm not going to be, you know, contributing to that. But yeah, sorry. There's like, 
I'm not hurting. Plant-based diet is not hurting anyone. It's actually helping people and helping the planet. I mean, come on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I know, I know. I wish that there was, um, I wish that there was a way for us to just, um, I, but the thing is, is I, I always say like, I wish there was a way for everyone to know. I'm like, everyone does, but they make it a belief system. I'm like, you yeah. don't what do you mean you don't believe it? It's science. They're like, yeah. well, I just think that it needs to be more scientifically proven. I'm like, you don't have to be vegan I know. to be plant-based. I don't, I think, you know, I think people villainize veganism and I think I'm like, you don't have to be vegan to be plant-based to add in more nutrients to your diet. I'm like, let's just start there. Let's just you start know, by adding in. Yeah. I think also you just said it, the science thing, like, okay, our culture has gotten so obsessed with you have to have clear data. You have to have a double blind placebo for everything. Like, I'm and sorry, which, I don't which, need that when I know how the heck I feel, you know, like. True, it's true. But also on the other end of things, there are. There so is many- though, I know. At the same time, there is. <laughs> randomized control trials, but, and, and I hate to say this too, and I'm probably, it's gonna sound unlikable to say, there have been a lot of um, control group double blind uh studies showing that face coverings are i know not, not good for you i know i know um and that it actually can breed more uh bacteria uh, and viruses more bacteria like on the outside of the mask i'm like if I we're know. all going to be wearing n95s and not touch them for the rest of the day but as long as we keep putting our masks on the floor and on the ground and hanging them on our key rack and putting them in our you know in our purse then then i think that we all need to take a big step back and see what we're really what we're really talking about here so. i know but and again you just said it. you have to take a step back. You have to take a step back and look at the whole picture of what the heck is going on. <laughs> like, but then, and, and, and it really is. I, I always kind of thought it was BS when people are like, Oh, they're, they're deleting all of our data and they're deleting all of our information. They're not showing us like the government, the man. I'm like, okay, chill. But then I started really, really, it's happening. <laughs> I really, I started to see one of my good friends. She was posting about how she personally doesn't, she will wear masks and she does, but she's mm-hmm. like, she posted all these articles and links of different studies that have been done, randomized control group studies that have been done. And every single one of her stories was reported and blocked by either medical doctors or by, yeah. um, or by Instagram itself saying that, you know, I'm so it's, it's just, I know. I mean, it's, just, it's scary. It's like, and if you then, don't agree then, with us, if you don't agree yeah. with our narrative, you're going to get canceled. Like you and can't, as soon as someone has MD by their name, it's automatic that they're right. They're God. And, I know. And, and here's the thing. I, I almost went to med school. I think that I hold doctors at such a high standard, such a high regard. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, when it comes to things that are right in front of us, that it just seems like they're coming up on the defense so hard and they're not willing to listen. It's like, you're just another human right now. And right. you know, I, I mean, I think it's, it should be alarming to a lot of people when, you know, basically what's, what, what it seems like to me is, you know, they're only these select few can be listened to. Right. And these are the, you have to listen to medical doctors, but only these ones, right. Just like you can only believe what, what we tell you to believe. And if you believe anything else, then we're going to cancel you. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though like there have been hundreds of different doctors, you know, 
speaking out of how they oh. feel about this, you know, but they're getting canceled or they're getting smear campaigns. I, as, a, as someone who has been in the nutrition world and learned about how pharmaceutical companies work and the smear campaigns done in the early 1900s by the Rockefellers, like this is pretty obvious. Like they are forming our opinion for us. Like this is not right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I, and I'm telling you, I, in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, this doorknob, it's so, you know, uh, you know we didn't know it was scary. It was scarier then. Mm-hmm. It was definitely scarier. And then I got it. I had it with all of my roommates. Yes. Let's all- talk about that for a second. This is going to be a long episode, but it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to post this on my own episode as well. Um, on my own podcast, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I had it, I was at work and I think a member there got it. And, um, I, I'm not taking it lightly that I think that people who are high at risk, you know, it's, it scares me that even two years ago, if my grandma were to get the flu, like that yes. would even scare me then. Yes. It's, so it's not anyways, but yeah, so I had it, I was fine. I never had a fever or anything. I didn't cough ever, but I did lose my sense of smell and taste. And I really felt super tired for about oh. two days. Yeah. Um, and then one of my roommates, she had like a really high fever. It was around like 103, Ooh. 104 for even four or five days, you know, hers got pretty mm. bad. Mm. Um, and she was, it wasn't as much coughing. Like she was definitely coughing a lot, but um, you know, she could still sleep fairly well at night. You know, she was on some fever reducers. She was on some NyQuil, you know, we were just trying to make her as comfortable as possible so that she could rest. Um, still trying to hydrate a lot. And then another roommate had a a small combination of the two symptoms. Like she kind of lost her taste and smell for a day or two and then it came back. And then, um, she did feel a little fluey for about two days, but we all quarantined and, you know, we all got through it on the other side. One of my roommates, I was like, we all, we did think we we're like, should we take her to the hospital to like get fluids? I know that there's not like a pill that she could have taken, but yeah. you know, get some fluids. Hydration. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in an efficient way. So yeah. we, we never did, but sh- um, had it not gotten better, like the next day or two, then we probably would have. And that was scary, but we, we knew that she was going to be okay, but we were definitely concerned about just her comfort and yeah, she wasn't, know, she felt horrible. I mean, that's yeah. horrible. And it, yeah. it was like a really bad flu. Um, but either way, so we all had it. And then I just remember people literally looked at me differently. Oh (laughs) God. Like you're contaminated. Like it looked at you like something was wrong with you. You were contaminated. You were, yeah. They were like, Oh my God, how was it? Tell us everything. I was like, Uh, well, it's like, they're looking at me like I had an STD, you know? And like you had, uh, what is it? What was it called that your skin would fall off back back in the day? Um, Um, I'm blanking. What is that called? no idea a leper <laughs> oh, yeah yeah like I was leper. Had leprosy. yeah and so yeah it just it became like that and then it you know scared people off and then I just thought you know so I'd like donated plasma and platelets and or not oh, platelets, nice. plasma and um, antibodies and obviously there's different data showing that like the antibodies don't last that long and do we even have them and I think that you know people are like oh my god if you get it like take a bunch of vitamin c vitamin c people who do take like load up on natural forms of vitamin C, definitely they get it. They don't get it as bad because right. their immune system is a little stronger and the, exactly. the flu might go away faster. It doesn't necessarily prevent you from getting it, but it does help you combat it and stay a little stronger and your symptoms might be a little less. And so I, you know, I think that, you know, I actually know, I, I will be confident in saying that I know about 30 people who have had it. 
And okay, so I am gonna. I know, yeah, I also know that there are some people who went to get tested. The line was too long. They didn't have any symptoms, so they left, didn't get tested, and then they still got a phone call. Yes. Um, that yep. they tested positive. So and isn't that why? Is this not being talked about more? Like, so if we're talking mm-hmm. about the numbers being messed up, mm-hmm. like how messed up are they? We don't even know. I can name like on like one hand people that I know or either like friends of a friend who had mm-hmm. that same thing happen. Either one, they like had an appointment and they never went, they didn't get it done or whatever. Or one, this freaking girl didn't, she wasn't even sick. She had not even scheduled an appointment and she got a call saying that literally she had it. What? What? Yeah. Okay. So this, I'm going to, I'm, this is a revelation. I have not shared this, but I've talked about it recently. Um, I'm pretty sure I had it in January. Like I, and they're saying that a nurse that I, you know, that is on my, uh, Instagram community, she, and I messaged back and forth. She'll like comment on different things. Cause she's totally, I mean, she's literally a nurse and she's been seeing it. And you know, it's kind of like us at the beginning, she was really, really afraid. And then at some point she started like questioning, like this all doesn't add up. Right. So she's saying that, yeah, they think, um, which I think they've talked about this anyways, that, uh, it could have been here as early as the fall. And like I said, I'm pretty sure my husband and I both had it like over, it was New Year's Eve. He felt horrible. Like we, we were with family. Like we thought that we got it from my niece, but maybe, I mean, she had like a runny nose and it was totally different than what we ended up having. So like hers was, you know, she was like one, she's one years old and it was like one of those kind of colds anyways. So I thought that I was fine. I thought I was never not going to get it. Cause I was doing all the things, you know, like drinking my ginger shot, ginger pineapple shots, wellness shots and all the stuff. But then there were a couple nights that I didn't sleep well. And of course, if you're stressed and have, you know, poor sleep, then that's, you're going to be much more susceptible to illness. So I ended up getting whatever he had and it was horrible, but I thought it was bronchitis. So I slept in our guest bedroom. I was like coughing. It was the weirdest illness for me that I've ever had. And now looking back, I'm like, I feel like that's what it freaking was. And this nurse who was messaging me said that that's what they were, that they had so many people coming in in the fall and they were tested, testing negative for the flu, but they were t- saying that they had, but they had all the symptoms. And so they were just marking it as viral bronchitis. Well, okay. I, you, and you may have had it. Like that's very possible. Isn't that crazy? I also, so I heard, I saw this thing yesterday and again, tangent, and I won't take too much more of your time, but I saw this thing yesterday saying that, and, and I don't know, this is literally just a post and, but it was like 20 different ones, um, all around the same time that I saw that they're not going to be, um, counting cases of the flu this year. Yeah. Right. What does that mean? They're not, they're not counting them at all. Nope. Okay, so the flu is not existing this year. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It makes absolutely just, no sense. I genuinely just don't know what that means. Yeah. So basically, they're not spending any time taking the data like they normally do. And at the end of the day, though, it's because I think that things are being misdiagnosed. Like, I think that, I mean, the flu hasn't gone 
completely away. Let, let's, let's be real. I'm sure there will be some arguments that like, oh, it's because we're taking all these precautions and we're wearing our mask and blah, blah, blah. Okay. The flu didn't go on vacay. That's not how it works. Like yeah. we're still in close quarters. If anything, it should almost be worse because like the reason that flu season is a thing is not, there's not a real season per se. It's because people are indoors more. It's because that they are not getting vitamin D. Yeah. They're stuck in close quarters. That's why the flu gets around. So like, no, I don't think that that's a strong enough argument, certainly for it to be completely gone. But then, yeah, like the fact that they're not even pulling any data from it, like, are they still not pulling data for people dying of heart disease and stuff? Doesn't, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm like, well, uh, anyways, that's what I was curious about, but there's, I mean, we could go down the rabbit hole all day long, but we don't need to do that. I think that overall people just, and and myself included, you know, I'm not perfect and I'm always evolving and I definitely have definitely um, been open to new information since the beginning of all of this. But I just think focusing on preventative things where if we can't prevent, you know, the flu, if we can't prevent coronavirus, if we can't prevent, you know, all these things, there are some things we can be more preventable of, and it's not just genetics. It's like, you can actually turn right. those things on and off, but, um, also live your life. Like we cannot yeah. live in fear. I mean, you know, I, I mean, agree. that's my, my biggest thing is that, you know, fear is the, the strongest emotion. It's the most powerful one and it has the biggest impact on our health. So if you're yeah. constantly in a fearful state, like your immune system is going to be down too. So, I mean, like, it doesn't matter how many wellness shots you take, I mean, yeah. you're, you're screwed. This isn't just like holistic medicine. This is science backed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just so. Anyway, thanks, girl. Thanks for coming on. This is great. <laughs> of, course, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I could do this all day long, but. I know. Well, okay. So share with us because you have a lot of new stuff going on and you have a podcast, obviously. So um, it's called Hotter Than Health and I will obviously like link it in the show notes and then your Instagram, I'll also add that. Um, and what else is on the horizon? Um, so yeah, Hotter Than Health, we're almost on episode 100. Our what? next episode, oh I know. God. So next episode is going to be next episode is going to be the one that you and I did last week. So um, make sure that you go go on to hotter than health. I'm going to edit that up right now and it will be out later today, but I did just recently put up a monthly meal plan and grocery list subscription based program onto my website. So it's only $8.99 a month. And basically every single month you get a brand new plant-based grocery list with complimentary dinner and lunch and snack meal plans. So wanted to make sure that people had resources that were keeping them organized. I think I did a bunch of polls and people just were stressed out about going to the grocery store because they know how to eat healthy. They just don't know how to put it all together. So Mm. little resource, but you can always check out hotter than health. Follow me on Instagram at Eliza G underscore fitness. Cool. Awesome. Thanks again, girl. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Peace and plants. Bye. Wasn't that such a great interview? I absolutely love her. I love her fire. I love her passion. And I love her. I think she's great. Um, Again, be sure to follow her on Instagram and her podcast and her website. 
Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at the refined hippie and my website is the refined hippie.com. I am super stoked for the next couple weeks, basically the next month I have already recorded a handful of episodes with some amazing guests, just like Eliza, just can't wait to get those shared. Uh, and I'm also teetering on the idea of doing a little more controversial episodes, discussing some topics that I've been a little nervous about coming on the air and talking about. I do a lot of Instagram stories on some different subjects, but I haven't actually discussed them on here. So we will see how that goes. As I always say, I feel like, you know, we all need to speak our truth, live our truth, and uh, sometimes that is a scary thing. Oftentimes that is scary, especially in the current climate of our society these days with cancel culture and censorship. It is, it's, uh, can be unsettling to come out with how you feel because you never know how people are going to react and if they're going to lose their minds. Um, so that is perhaps in the works. We will see how I feel about it. Um, but I just, it's hard to, when you're passionate about something, you want to release it, right? You want to share it, share what you've learned and share what you know, which, you know, this is why I even started this podcast. And, but there are some other subjects that I would love to share. So as always, thank you so much for listening and your support. Thank you for having an open heart and an open mind. And until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants. Thank you.